What's up, people? Welcome back to another episode. This is episode nine. And on this episode, I cover a few different things. Uh, the UFC fights last night. Um, how people look for motivation outside of themselves instead of being a self-starter. I talk about a experience that I had uh, this past week where I had to help a lady that was in a serious car accident which that was wild. Uh, I tell a story about something I did uh, when I was around 16 years old that kind of changed my perspective on life a bit. And uh, a few other things. It was, a, it was a fun podcast, and I hope you enjoy it. So let's go ahead and get into it. Sunday, March 8th, 5.30 p.m. in the evening, and uh, today has just been a relaxing day. I ended up going out last night and hanging out with some friends that were in town and went and shot pool and played darts, which I haven't done in a very long time, so that was a, a nice change of pace. I even at one point found myself in downtown Fort Lauderdale with all the madness that is spring break but uh, I've, I didn't stay down there long it's uh, I don't know it's just not really my scene it's fun to go down there every once in a while hang out but it gets old after a while so I end up coming back and going to play in pool and stuff um, I had every intention on going and watching the sunrise today. It's something that I've been neglecting to do since I've lived in Florida. And I had uh, plans to do so, but given that I was out so late, I decided to sleep in. So we'll save that for another day. But this week has been pretty good. It's very productive. Uh, I had a very interesting thing happen, actually. I think it was Wednesday of this week. After uh, work, I go to the gym to uh, lift weights and uh, that's what I did when I was just hitting the bag to warm up and I uh, I look outside and there's a vehicle that had just ran into a big concrete pole I didn't watch the vehicle run into the pole but it must have just happened because the car wasn't there moments before and uh, I'm looking out the front main windows of uh, of the gym and I see this car smoking, and I can't really tell if there's people in it or not. But, you know, I've seen that. It must have just happened. I'm like, damn, did I did I miss uh, did I miss something? I drive right past that and not even notice it. So anyways, I grabbed my buddy Vic, who was uh, cleaning the mats at the time. And I'm like, hey, man, come help me. Check this out. I think somebody just got into a car accident. So we run out there, and... Uh, I walk up to the car, you know, the car's totaled, the whole front end driver's side is just smashed in. And I approach the car, it doesn't look like anybody's inside, and I get around to the passenger side window, and uh, there's just this lady laying over on her side uh, with her head back, and I thought for sure her neck was broken. But she was like convulsing, and um, 
and making the snoring sound, which is common when you get knocked unconscious. You make like your body is doing like gasps for air. And uh, that's what she was doing. And I didn't want to touch her. I didn't want to move her head or anything like that. Because like I said, I thought her neck was broken. Just the way that it was uh, all the way back. And uh, like her throat was sticking out. And she had all these veins and stuff sticking out of her head. And I immediately told Vic to call 911. And uh, her car was messed up. You can see like her wrist was broken. Like her right wrist was really messed up. You can see where her hands went off of the steering wheel and into her dashboard. So her, her knuckles were all smashed and cut up and everything. And, uh, she was just completely out of it. But, um, like I said, Vic called the ambulance and or 911 and they came prior to them coming though. She kind of came to and sat up a little bit, but she was completely disoriented. And uh, the lady that seen it happen came up shortly after and she uh, said the lady was driving at her in the wrong in the wrong lane and then just veered off the road and ran right into uh, this giant concrete pole. And uh, so who knows what happened, but uh, the ambulance took her off to the hospital and stuff. So hopefully she's all right. I don't know. I didn't check the news or anything for that day. I should go back and look and see if uh, if there was anything that was released. But it was a it was a pretty wild scene. I've I've uh, never experienced like that kind of thing. You know, she it was just I'll never forget how how she looked. I thought she, she I thought like I said I thought her neck was completely broke. So that made for an interesting uh, an interesting Wednesday. You know, it was definitely something out of the ordinary, but hopefully she's okay. And I was glad I was able to, uh, to help, you know, to some degree. So, which is kind of pisses me off because there's cars just passing by. This is literally on beside a very high traffic road, 441, and cars were just driving by and stuff. You know, people seen this happen and nobody stopped. They're just like, all right, whatever. It's just people suck sometimes, you know, like. If I see something bad like that, I feel absolutely obligated to go help just as a human being, you know, like somebody could be in need, but apparently not everybody's like that, so, but that was my good deed for the week and a wild story for the week, you know. I finished up uh, the book by Jocko Willenink. And uh, Leif Babin, the, um, uh, Jesus, what's the name of it? It's uh, Extreme Ownership. I don't know why I could not remember that. And I didn't mind that book. There was a lot of good points in it. I liked uh, a lot of the concepts that he had. Um, I enjoyed his, how he applied that to the to uh, some of the businesses that he worked with and I, I appreciated like how he told the stories of how he used his leadership skills in combat and why it worked and uh, just the way that he broke it down. I enjoyed that. The book was a little dull, though, like kind of monotonous just from an audiobook standpoint. I don't know. 
So there would be times where it was just like I, I wouldn't focus. But for the most part, the content, I, uh, I enjoyed it. He has another book out, Dichotomy of Leadership, that I'll check out eventually. But the next book that I'm uh, that I got was is by somebody else. It's um by Christopher Ryan, Doctor Christopher Ryan, and it's called Sex at Dawn: The Prehistoric Origins of Modern Sexuality. I just I like uh, some of the content that he puts out. I listen to his podcast, so I figured I would read his book and and see uh you know what he's what he's talking about and just kind of understand his concepts on on sexuality you know for humans after this I'll probably uh check out Esther Perel some of her stuff I got a whole book a list of books that I'm going to go through um Trying to think if I listen to any podcasts. No, I just listened to Joe Rogan's MMA podcast. Last one was with Angela Hill, which was entertaining, but I haven't listened to anything outside of that, I don't believe. Yeah, no, I need to download some, though. That way I can get, you know, some more information coming in. So I'll, I'll have to set aside some time and download some some podcast to check out. So I watched uh, the fights last night. I didn't watch the whole card because I was out and about, but I caught the, the co-main and main event. And uh, Joanna and I think her first name is Zhang. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the, her last name. But they put on an epic fight. You know, these, these women went in there and just put it all on the line. And just got after it. Ioana's head after that fight was just brutalized. She had such a large hematoma on her forehead. It was just so swollen. And uh, they just went back and forth for five whole rounds. And it was a very close fight. Uh, Zhang ended up edging out the win in a split decision. It could have went either way. I think it really came down to that fifth round in my opinion, but it's hard to say. Judging is, I don't know, it's just not the best. Or they don't have the best criteria to judge from, or the best knowledge, rather. But anyways, uh, it was a close fight. And then the main event was uh, Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero. And that was kind of a lackluster fight in terms of well, I, I guess more so because of the fight that was before it and <laughs> kind of stole the show. So it's kind of hard to top that. But Israel did really well. He moved really well and uh, just used his kicks to pretty much outpoint Yoel. Kicked his legs a lot, a lot of teeps to the body. Yoel was just looking to land overhead, uh, overhand. He was just trying to throw his left hand over and over again. He landed it in the first round really well. But, uh,. He just did what UL does, uh, always does. He just kind of waits, lulls you into complacency, and then explodes. But Israel was very intelligent, stayed moving, and did what what he needed to do to win uh, win that fight. You know, so hats off to him. He has uh, a great future ahead of him as as champion. He could have 
very much the same kind of trajectory as, jeez, uh, I can't even talk today. Um, he can have the same trajectory as Anderson Silva. You know, they very similar. Um, I think Anderson probably finished people more. I don't know. I'd have to really go back and look at a comparison, but they're just very they're very similar where the where Israel is at in his career, and where it, Anderson was at. So, and plus Israel's just young, so the sky's the limit for him. He's an exciting champion. I mean. While I was out watching the fights, going out in public and watching the fights is always interesting because people who have no idea how to fight or, like, haven't really ever trained or anything, some of the things they say make zero sense. <laughs> so it's just entertaining. Um, but also you get to see how little people actually know about fighting versus what they think they know. Especially men. Like, men just in general, have an inflated sense of a capability when it comes to like being able to defend themselves and fight. Like most, most people have no idea how to fight at all. And uh, I can't even think of how it was prior to me training. Like that's just, I guess it was just scary. You know, like you don't really know what's going to happen. So you're just like fight or flight, you know. You don't really know what you're doing. You just know you have to swing wildly and try to hurt the other person. I don't know. But a lot of guys are just so confident in their ability to do something to someone. And then to somebody who trains and stuff, it's like a, a kitten playing with a ball of yarn. It, it, it's just funny to think about. It reminds me of this meme that I seen, and I forget the name of the meme or how the meme was worded. It was something about study finds men are ten thousand percent less effective in combat than they think, or something like that. It was just funny. It was this little article that they, they satire article that they wrote about just the average male and how bad they were at fighting. <laughs> So when you're when I'm out and about, I just hear people talk, you know. Plus, they talk shit about the fighters. Like, oh, he sucks. Why isn't he doing this? Why is Why is he doing that? This guy next to me was uh, talking shit about Israel. Like, oh, why does he keep throwing those uh, kicks like a pussy? He don't want to fight. I'm like, they're fighting. This is like, they're not in there to play around with each other. They're trying to physically harm one another. You know. But that's just a standard for for your average fan. They don't understand it, so it's whatever. It's entertaining, nonetheless. I will say this, though. All men should be proficient in combat. They should be well-versed in academics. They should have emotional intelligence. They should be compassionate. They should be loving, and above all else, they should be kind. I think those traits are becoming of a man. And uh, I think it will help the ego a lot if you take up something that's challenging like 
wrestling or grappling and kickboxing, boxing, something of that sort, and pair that with a challenge such as going to school or learning something academically, you know. This stuff really helps mold you into a into becoming a good man. And then obviously life experience you learn to be empathetic, compassionate, loving and kind and all of those things. Hopefully, anyways. And uh, you can never blame your parents or anything for you not being that way. Because it becomes a certain point in life where you have the understanding of how you need to be as a person, how you should be, what feels right, how you want to be treated, how you want people to perceive you. So that helps kind of guide you into the direction that you need to go as an individual. You kind of learn what parts of yourself you need to build, you know. Like years ago, I needed to allow myself to become a little bit more compassionate and empathetic. And uh, I recognized this. And I made an effort to to work on those things. And it's something I still work on now. Like compassion and empathy, kindness, it's all a, a muscle that you have to exercise to uh, become stronger. And uh, a lot of people don't. It's, it's tough because you kind of got to set your ego to the side, be a little selfless, uh, selfless and, uh, and go out of your way to help others. It's, it's, um, it's hard. It can be really hard. Just, just as a society, we're very, very self-centered, um, as an American culture, it's always about me. What can I get out of it? What's in it for me? Uh, there is a there is like a sense of community and stuff. We all have our little tribes, but I, I talked about this on a podcast that I was on a few months ago, where a lot of people don't even know who their neighbors are. You know, they're just in their own world, and uh, a lot of people can be self centered trying to only do things that benefit them, you know, as opposed to doing things that benefit the greater good. And I still find myself falling into that mentality. It's just something that's, you're conditioned to think that way, you know, because like I said, it's a, it's like a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a, uh, it's something that our culture has created. And as we grow up, it creates like a lens that we see the world through. Like, oh, this is how I have to be. And uh, it's hard to change that perspective without without some kind of outside influence or some way to, uh, to show you a different... Like having a person or a mentor or a life experience that kind of shakes up your perspective and allows you to kind of like, hey, I need to maybe take a step back try to help others, um, do things that help. It doesn't have to be the whole world, but, you know, help children, help the elderly, help the sick, volunteer, things like that. It's a very rewarding thing to do. And I'm trying to think of when I started, like, helping 
I had to do... <laughs> okay. I'll kind of tell the backstory of it, but this whole scenario ended up changing my perspective on, uh, on the world. And I didn't realize it until many years later. But um, when I was, I would have to say, 15, 16, whatever age you are when you're in your first year of high school. That's how old I was. And uh, I was going to East Jackson High School. And at the time, I was just not the best kid. I didn't do well with authority. I was very um, defiant uh, and just wild. I've, uh, I spoke about this, I think, in my last podcast. I, like I said, I was a, an anarchist. So anyways, um, one day I'm uh, at, at, at school like any other day. And uh, I ended up taking these things um, called Elevil. I think it was the name of them. It's this prescription medication. And uh, I didn't really know what it was. But I took some and it messed me up. So I was all messed up in school. Just stupid, stupid shit that you would do as a teenager. At least that I, that I would do. So anyways, um, school breaks for the day. All the buses line up out front. All the kids are coming out of the school, going to the buses. They have all the homecoming floats lined up out in front of the high school for the weekend, which was the homecoming game that they were having. And here I am, all fucked up on these fucking all, 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 all fucked up on these pills I decide to go up to the freshman float which I didn't know I didn't know it was the freshman float at the time but anyways it was the closest float to me I walk up to it it's covered in napkin paper and I'm like oh I don't know I just got this weird I just want to like oh yeah that stuff looks like it would burn so I took my lighter and I lit the napkin paper on fire and it caught fire really fast. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and it kind of went like up in flames a lot quicker than I anticipated. And there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to walk away from this. And hopefully nobody's seen me. So I just walked away onto the bus and sat down. And uh, my dumbass lit this float on fire. And they, some girl seen me, the principal and some other faculty member came and got me off the bus and they took me into the office and uh, I got in trouble, which was, which was natural, of course. So what ended up coming of that is I had to do like three, four months probation and I had to do all this community service, all right? So that's where I tie this whole story into what I was talking about prior to this as a result of me being a, a dumbass and lighting my freshman float on fire and having to pay restitution I had to do community service it was like I don't know it wasn't a lot of hours but it was enough it was like 50 hours 100 hours something like that so I had to volunteer at various places 
around the city. The two primary places that I volunteered at was this church on uh, over by the Westwood Mall in Jackson, uh, in Jackson, my hometown. I forget the crossroads, but anyways, they did a, a food pantry. So on the weekends, families in need would come. We would organize all these bins and all these boxes and give out food to the needy. So I would do that on the weekends. I would go to St. Vincent's DePaul, help uh, help sort out clothes, help them with whatever stuff they need around the store. And then uh, sometimes I would help at the soup kitchen downtown, um, down on, uh, Jesus, I can't remember none of the streets. But anyways, it's in downtown Jackson. So those things that I would do. And I hated it at first. I'm like, I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to help these people, like. This isn't fun, you know. This is just a punishment. But I soon learned that by doing this stuff, it was uh, it was kind of fun to be able to help others, you know. Especially the food pantry. I really enjoyed seeing a, a family come in, and we give them, you know, cans of food and whatever else, and like they were genuinely thankful and appreciative of that. That makes you feel good. It's like you can. Do something for somebody that brings them joy. And there's few things in this world that hold that kind of value. And uh, again, at the time, I was young, immature. I didn't have the understanding and wisdom to truly get that concept. I kind of got it a little bit, but, uh, but it did start to change me. And I started to enjoy that. I, start, uh, I started to look forward to it because I enjoyed the people that I was working with. They were all good-hearted, um, nice individuals, you know. So at the end of that, yeah, I was happy it was over and stuff, but it kind of gave me a different perspective to a small degree at a young age, you know. And then uh, I didn't realize how much that would translate later on into my life. So once I got into, like, adulthood, I was uh, more inclined to help others, to go out of my way, to go to events um, that are like benefits for diseases and just a lot of the walks for like ALS and participating in whatever I can. Because it's, there's, there's just something that is wonderful about being able to help others. So that's pretty much what I was trying to tie into that whole story is just like I was kind of forced to help others and then I realized it's something that you should just do anyways and by doing so you'll get a little bit better or get a little bit more peace inside and a little bit more enjoyment and fulfillment out of life if that makes sense. I've always been a self-starter and what I mean by that is I never really needed to seek motivation outside of myself. I always kind of told myself, like, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. I didn't need uh, somebody to tell me that or go search for material to help make me feel more motivated. That's not to say I haven't done that because I have. and I've done that a lot. Just it's very specific incidents. But... Overall, just for life in general, you know, 
I'm pretty good at not relying on motivation. I just kind of driven and I want to get things done for the sake of getting it done. And I feel like too many people look for motivation in it, in the media instead of the mirror. Like you can only count on yourself. I'm sure you've heard this before, but motivation is very fleeting. It's wonderful why it's there cuz it's just it adds a nice little uh a nice little push to a drive that you already have, but motivation is not going to be there every day. It's just a crutch. You can't rely on it. It's just, it's, it's not good because a lot of people will, will rely on motivation and that feeling. And once it goes away, they don't get shit done and they're right back to square one. This is why a lot of people don't follow through with their new year's resolutions. And uh, it's because they're very motivated. They get some momentum going, and then they have a couple off days, an off month, and all progress halts. And they're like, we just don't have the uh, the internal drive yet. That that mindset to be like, all right, I gotta own this shit and just keep through, it. keep doing it, even though I don't feel like doing this at all. I have to. Like, I'm going to be real with you right now. Like, this podcast today, I'm exhausted. Like, I didn't go to bed till like, 5 in the morning, and I got up at 7.30. And it's not because I didn't, like, I, 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 didn't, I didn't sleep in, you know. Like, I wanted to sleep in. I wanted to be able to lay in bed and not do shit, but I had stuff I had to do this morning. You know, I have a, my whole litany of tasks that I need to do on this Sunday and I went and got that done and uh it's 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 those days that you don't feel like doing stuff that you tend to uh I don't know it's weird I, I I'm, a, I'm gonna compare this to to training so it's those days that you don't feel like training that you go in and you end up having some of your most wonderful sessions, you know. And uh, I just find a lot of parallels with training and fighting and life, and it's just an easy, an easy uh, comparison for me. And that goes with any task in life, you know. It's if if you need to get up and write, and you just don't feel like writing, just start. Don't even give yourself an option; just do it. You know. And eventually it's just like, all right, this is what I have to do. And you don't question it. You don't question yourself. You just create a habit. And then the mom- the momentum begins and then it just becomes who you are, what you are. You know, so it was just something I was thinking about. And that, that, that quote I said in the beginning, it's, I forgot where I picked that up. This is, again, it's too many people look for motivation in the media instead of the mirror. I really like that. That resonated with me. I was sitting and thinking about just uh, something somebody said to me some years ago. Nobody's really said it to me since or greeted me that way since. This is something Dean Thomas asked me. And I remember this. This was on a, uh, a Friday morning. I don't know the exact date, but it was like two years ago. But it was on a Friday morning. I remember that because I was at the gym and uh, getting ready to do jujitsu. And Dean comes up and, hey, what's up, Dean? And he said, you know, he said, what's up to me? And he's 
I said, how's life? Are you happy? And I've never had anybody ask me outright if I was happy. You know, you, usually you go through like the formalities of greeting somebody. Oh, hey, how you doing? How you been? You know, all that, uh, all that surface stuff that doesn't really have any depth. And uh, he asked me that. And I'm like, wow, nobody's really asked me that before. And I was kind of perplexed there for a second. I'm like, because at the time I wasn't happy. That's very true. I was working a job that I did not enjoy. Um, the relationship that I was in, I wasn't really happy with. And, uh, I was just at a bit of a low point. And so I was a little more sensitive to that question. And, uh, you know, I told him, yeah, I'm all right. You know, could be better. And, uh, you know, he retorted with something along the lines like, yeah, it could be worse as well, you know, but the main thing that I got out of that is it's like, you really have to make sure whether or not you're happy. You have to really sit and like, okay, what makes me happy in life? Am I doing the things that make me happy? Am I around the people that make me happy? When I wake up in the morning, do I feel that? You know, um, and when he said that at the time, I many days I would go into work and it was just like, like fracturing my spirit. I didn't want to be there. And eventually I made the decision not to do that anymore to not work that job and, and everything. Um, and I believe I spoke on that before. I won't go into that one today. But uh, what that makes me want to do, though, is I want to ask more people that. That's something that I'm going to make an effort to do. Because I want to know if somebody's happy. You know, Maybe it can spark that uh, self-analyzation and somebody else that it did for me when Dean asked me that. He has no idea that <laughs> that small encounter had a very significant impact on, uh, on my just outlook on life at that particular time. I've never spoke to him about it, but uh, yeah, that was just something that I was thinking about. I'm like, wow, such a small little exchange can have uh, quite a rippling effect, and uh, I'm thankful for that. And that's why I fuck with Dean. That's a solid guy. You know, there's a lot of a lot of disingenuous and unauthentic people in the world, and of a lot of the people that I've I've met, he's always been very consistent, wise, and uh, just cuts it to you straight, man. He doesn't he doesn't fuck around, and I appreciate that. So. So thank you for that, Dean, if you, if you ever hear this. <laughs> I want to kind of change gears here. Um, I don't know. This is. I hope this doesn't come across as cynical and kind of dark, but I feel like society only cares about attractive people. And the reason I say this is because I'm always seeing stuff shared of people missing people that are attractive people almost always like they're a picture of somebody that's attractive girl um and the more attractive they are the more word of mouth happens the more sharing the more likes the more uh that that message is spread whereas if it's somebody who's an elderly woman um somebody who is 
uh, just not that attractive, you know, that doesn't fit the criteria of, of what we deem as an attractive man or woman. They don't get that same kind of uh, reciprocity from society. And that's fucked up, man. That's fucked up. And I don't mean I don't mean to sound like I'm laughing or anything. It's just it 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 messes me up that the more attractive you are, the better off it's going to be for you. In that in that regard, and this and there's studies and science that backs up these uh the this um statement that I'm making. You know, the more attractive you are, the better opportunity you're going to have to get jobs and to get into uh, just higher positions in society. And it's just sad that old, old Susie that works at, you know, the supermarket gets kidnapped. You know, she's just a very normal, plain lady. And... People are like, oh, that's sad, but they they don't really respond to it in the same way. Whereas this, you know, young girl who got kidnapped or came up missing, who's very attractive, you know, has a very attractive photo they use, and it just spreads like wildfire. It just, I don't know. It kind of sucks, <laughs> you know. You would think that a person's life would be of equal value, regardless of their physical attributes. But that's just, just simply not the case. Alright, let's get into some Florida Man news. I'm curious to see what our infamous Florida Man has been up to since our last episode. All right, Florida man crushed by car he was working beneath. Uh, Saturday morning, the car fell and crushed him. Well, damn. That sucks. Oh, jeez. Florida man kills sleeping couple, enlisted stepdaughter, her boyfriend to bury bodies in the swamp. I don't even want to read that article. That's terrible. Um... Florida man attacks victim at Wawa, later attempts to bite officer. All right, let's see what's going on here. This guy looks like he's on some drugs, for sure. So he's attacking a person at Wawa and attempted to bite the police. Um, he Apparently the person he attacked, it was really brutal and they were bloody. And, uh, I'm just reading the article. Oh, damn. So he attacked the customer, kicked him in the head. And the guy was, like, bleeding all over the floor. And police came at gunpoint. And he just started attacking the police and tried to bite him and stuff. Well, at least he didn't get shot to death. So there's that. Um, what else we got here? What the fuck? <laughs> All right, that's the first time I ever heard anything like this. All right, Florida man arrested for practicing dentistry without a license again. 
okay, this guy just really wants to help clean people's teeth, you know. He maybe doesn't feel like people need to... He's, he's like a man of the people. He's like your hood dentist, you know. You go down to Jose's house. His name's Jose Santos Vicente. He's 56. Go down to Jose's house and you get you that discount teeth cleaning and you're good. You don't need to go spend all the money at the dentist. Jose got you. Mind you, Jose looks like he did 25 years in a California state penitentiary, but that's beside the point. Let's see what happened to him. Um, so he was charged with practicing dentistry without a license. Investigators were seen removing dozens of boxes from his home. He's been convicted prior by uh, he's been convicted of similar charges in the past. That's bizarre. I'm trying to see if there's any more context to this story. So he went to prison for this before. Holy shit. For two years. As I told you, he looked like he went to prison. He said he got his license in the University of Puerto Rico. He performs all procedures besides root canals. Could you imagine, you know, you drive up to this guy's house, you know, you park out front, you go inside, he has like some, like, sofa or lazy boy that you're just chilling back in, and he's like, you're going to fill your cavities and clean your teeth and stuff. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. That that's, that's, that's quality entertainment. This guy does not look like somebody I would want cleaning my teeth, mind you. He looks like he's part of, like, the MS-13 gang or something. But minus the tattoos. So, yeah. I'm good on letting Florida man clean my teeth, bro. I'm good. Why? Florida man uses baby as human shield during traffic stop. That's terrible. That guy's a real asshole. So, yeah. That's all we got for Florida man today. Some entertaining stuff, you know. As always, I mean, it's always something entertaining with that. So on that note, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, thank you for stopping by and taking the time out of your day to listen to these podcasts. It means so much to me. And if you want to help me out and help the podcast out, do me a favor. Go ahead and rate these. Write a review if you have the time. Go ahead and share it to any social media platform that you have if you see it. All of that helps me quite a bit and uh i greatly appreciate that so without further ado i hope you all have a wonderful day night or whatever time it is wherever you're at and uh stay awesome